If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back on a Friday. Hope you're doing well, everybody. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane Coos here on a Friday afternoon in Jacksonville where it gets dark around 4 o'clock now. <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable. Yesterday I walked out of here at 6 o'clock. And I, you would have thought we were oh. doing the 9 to midnight shift. Yeah. Just missed that rainstorm, by the way. I was pumped. Uh, I, I drove all the way home in it. Well, I'm saying like from leaving the building to walking outside. Oh, it's getting, I, it. getting to get your hair wet. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, uh, it shreds, Brent. I mean, it's, uh, it does stuff. It's It's been, I mean, these afternoon storms, I, I mean, we kind of, I don't say we joked. I think it's reality. It's like some of these hurricanes that everybody talks about for three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, days coming on. And tropical storms, they, they couldn't hold a candle to these storms that happen spontaneously at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. For I mean, sure. it's like the end of the world is coming. Yeah. Just when Mother Nature feels like it, man, here we are. It is kind of creepy. It's and eerie. by the way, in 2020, when we say the end of the world is coming, like some people believe it. Dude, who are you telling, man? Um, I mean, we had murder bees, aliens, storms. And whatever happened to the murder hornets? They're, hey, I don't know, man. Is this another government conspiracy? I don't know, Brent. You tell me what happened. I mean, that that popped up for about three days and then disappeared. Well, because then COVID-19 came around. And no, all of a sudden it was the... in the middle of COVID-19. <sighs> was it really? Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I guess just COVID-19 had precedent over the murder bees? It, uh, yeah, it must have taken a turn. Get, get, so check this out. Two, uh, so, you know, my grandpa's a big beekeeper. Yeah. Had a little bear running. He, he wasn't there, but the bear... Likes um, honey, I would assume. Yep, knocked it. Well, it's it's the honey, but it's also it's like the, the comb, because that's like where the eggs are, packed full of protein. Mm. So the bear knocked over two of those boxes and then cleaned out like the, all like the larva and uh, like all the honeycomb and everything. So he's kind of bummed about that. But he still has like 20 more boxes, so we're all good. Is that an expensive thing when that happens? Um, It's not ideal. <laughs> you know, um, probably a couple hundred bucks, I would say. Hmm. But now he, he he's like on bear patrol trying to check it out. He ended up putting up like a he's got like an electric fence, and then he actually plays a radio um, because the like the the sound of the the music deters the bears. Supposedly. I was wondering that. Yeah. Interesting. So there you go. Uh, so basically, he had a visit from Winnie the Pooh in his yard. Basically, Winnie the Pooh probably not as friendly. Wouldn't want to <laughs> say what's up to him. Probably doesn't have a pet or a, a friend. Uh, a pet tiger. Was it a pet tiger? Or just a friend that was a tiger. Tigger. It's just <laughs> his friend, right? It wasn't his pet though. It wasn't his pet. Okay. It's just one of his friends. One of his friends. Well, my bad. I'm getting confused with Disney because Mickey Mouse had the pet Pluto, but then also he had Goofy, who was a friend who was a dog, which made zero sense. But hey, that's either Listen, here nor there. If we, if you want me to go over the organizational chart of Disney and Winnie the Pooh and 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 Mickey, oh yeah, I, I don't think I could do it. Okay. Okay. Well, you seem like a pretty big Winnie the Pooh guy, so <laughs> I right. just. Shout out to Christopher Robin out honey. there. Shout out to Christopher Robin. Did he have parents, by the way? Christopher Robin? Here we go again. That kid's I just in know. the woods, just by himself with a bunch of creatures. <laughs> parents not even worried about it. I don't know about the family tree for yeah. Christopher Robin. A little family backstory would have hey, been nice. SEC's going to announce two, uh, their two SEC uh, non-divisional opponents for each school. There were some rumblings that Florida would play Alabama and Texas A&M. We'll see if those rumblings were true or not, although there were some folks that said, yeah, it wasn't true. So we'll find out. Uh, apparently that's coming up at uh, 6 o'clock. Well, 
We'll be off the air. We'll tweet about it. Uh, so I saw 5 o'clock, but actually that's 5 o'clock Central. Uh, so that's coming up a little bit later uh, today. We'll see what happens uh, with that situation. We'll keep you updated on the PGA Championship as well. And uh, we like to do a little FSU at 4 o'clock. Let's Florida State it. Seminoles, your home for Florida State football and basketball here in Jacksonville. Now it's on ESPN 690. We just announced that a week ago today, in fact, and uh, welcome aboard to the Seminoles fans. Practice is now underway. Mike Norvell saying the quarterbacks look pretty good. Thought all four of them did. Thought they looked crisper. Uh, I think his quote was uh, throwing and catching the ball. We looked better than we did those three practices we had in the spring. Yeah. So I guess a better start for Mike Norvell, the quarterbacks, and maybe this offense. Marvin Wilson's a guy we talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Interestingly enough, he we just talked about him yesterday about coming back and, and you gotta give him a lot of credit for coming back. And all some players are opting out, especially if you're you know, sure fire first round pick and Wilson's a top ten guy. Without a doubt. Could easily opt out of this thing, given everything a uh, new coach and the the run in a little bit with the new coach mm-hmm. and, and now COVID nineteen, easy opt out guy. And he's holding firm and staying in fact he doesn't like the fact the guy's opting out, especially in his kind of position. Here's what he had to say about it. I came too far not to just turn back around. I put too much work into this program, put too much uh, emphasis into some of uh, these young guys' life, and I, I feel like that'd be a form of quitting, in my, my opinion, just to uh, opt out at this last moment right before the season when we worked so hard all together in this offseason, we was pandemic through tough times, just to uh, really just to give up, you know. And I just feel like that would be, uh, I feel like that'd be disrespectful to them, you know, showing them the way of how to be a true mo and just leaving them at the last minute. So I, I don't work out like that. So I'm, I'm definitely playing the season, and I'm really just giving it my all. So that's Marvin Wilson, uh, sensational defensive uh, tackle for the Florida State Seminoles. And now the way I interpreted that was that's his thinking. That's that's in his situation. Yeah. He thinks he'd be quitting on the team as a leader of the football team, one of the better players, if he had said, hey, I'm out now. I'm yeah. coming all this way, I'm out. You respect the heck out of it. I, I respect the heck out of what he said. Interestingly enough, one of his defensive line mates, defensive end Jamarcus Chapman, announcing today he's opting out yeah. of the 2020 season. This in from Mike Norvell. Uh, Jamarcus Chapman has decided to opt out. We respect his decision. And like any of our student athletes who make this decision, he will remain on scholarship. Chapman would go on to say, the reason I chose to opt out is because this is a serious deal that's going on in the world today. A close friend of my family is in the hospital suffering from COVID-19 that hit too close to home. My family and I decided that to be safe, I should opt out this season. So there he is. Won't lose scholarship, get that eligibility back, but he's not playing. So it's an interesting dynamic. A day after Wilson says, hey, I'm not going to do it. I feel like I'm quitting. One guy does. But I think it's an important thing to remember in the context under it i don't think unless i've seen uh, i just haven't seen something come out i don't think wilson will be critical of this i think to each his own i think wilson was more bringing up his situation yeah some interpreted it as he was being critical of the other guys that have done it from virginia tech miami and penn state and Mm -hmm. and others uh i think uh, was it minnesota another uh key player did too and i didn't look at it as much that way i I think he was kind of saying from his own i would feel like i'm quitting on my team if i did it yeah i mean you definitely get his thought about it and his mindset at the same time though like let's be honest i mean when you say things like that like obviously you're a leader in that locker room um you know your opinion um is valued obviously as a member of the seminoles so i think when some maybe some of his teammates heard that 
they could have been turned off a little bit. Because at the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest here. I love Marvin Wilson's passion. I love the fact that he chose not to opt out. I love the fact that he's going to be the bridge from the old to the new, and he's going to be that guy that kind of brings everything together and kind of the guy that keeps everything in check. And when he leaves, he's going to leave it in good hands. So I love Marvin Wilson for doing that. At the same time, though, it's still football, man. Okay? It's still a game. It's still a game where you got a pigskin and you throw and you tackle and it's it's ridiculous. If you try to explain to someone that doesn't follow the game, it's an absolutely ridiculous explanation, okay? There's more important things than football, like family, you know, like your kids, things like that. So I get what Marvin Wilson was trying to say, and I'm not telling him to censor himself whatsoever because I like the passion and I think that's what Florida State needs right now more than anything is, is guys like Marvin Wilson. So I'm not knocking him for it. I'm just saying – you know, overall, though, we got to understand there's bigger things than just football. There's family. I think you got to be respectful of guys opting out. I yeah. think organizations have been. I think head coaches have been. I think programs have been. I think you have to be respectful of it. And 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 uh, I, I think it's almost like you're immune of criticism. I really do. Now, I understand that's not necessarily the case because there's a thing called social media. Yeah. And Tredavious White obviously brought that up. He was getting a lot of heat back when he was even thinking about it. I really don't know why he brought that out to social media to think about it. But, <laughs> right? But but that was kind of uh, at least a temperature check sure. of, hey, you're going to get some feedback now. So, it, you know, if the Jags had Leonard Fournette opt out, there, don't, there would be heavy criticism. No doubt. I mean, not everyone's gonna be like, "Hey, we get, we get it, Leonard." Now, some people oh, will, and, and maybe even a ma- vast majority would. Yeah, there's gonna be some people out there that are gonna be upset. Absolutely. Absolutely, that's my point. So yeah. you're going to have those folks, but I do think, in terms of the, the inner workings of wherever you are, in your building at Jags headquarters, in this case, in Tallahassee at Florida State, coaching staff, players, I think there's a respect level for these kind of decisions right now that almost makes you a little immune of uh, a criticism. Uh, You know, now, again, I'm not in there, so maybe I have a bad read on that. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the sense I get, at least from higher ups and teammates, everything else. Yeah, we respect that. Uh, We all have a decision to make. We all thought about it to that degree. Uh, So I I think that's just the way it's going to be received. And the college kids are a little different. They got a lot of money on the line, Mm -hmm. potentially the next year, potentially. And not so much maybe in Chapman's case as it is in uh, Rousseau's case down in Miami. Yeah. But. Every, there's everybody's got a different reason. Well, exactly. And, and see, when you start talking about the college kids, whether it's sitting out for COVID-19 prepping for the draft or if it's sitting out that bowl game, well, now we're starting to talk about business decisions, right? And sometimes business decisions can get gawked at. It turns people off a little bit. To me, these aren't business decisions, though, if you're going to opt out because of COVID-19. Once again, this is, this is a family decision. And I think any guy in that locker room, while they could be disappointed, they're going to lose a teammate and obviously a pretty great player – they understand it, okay? I think th- they can come around to it. Now, people online, that's different. You know, I mean, that 40-year-old dude eating Cheetos sitting in his mom's basement probably <laughs> has something to say about it. So be it. But once again, I've always said this. Twitter, it's not the real world, okay? As long as you have the respect from your coaches, you have the respect from your teammates and that inner circle, you're going to be okay. I like it. Uh, and, uh, I think I, I really love the outspoken nature of, of Wilson. I, I don't, he's not afraid to say anything, of course. He's true leader of that football team and he's maybe their best player. Uh, no doubt of, he's one of their two best players, I would think, but he's, he's, I think he's their best player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they need that kind of leadership. They need that kind of, the edge. 
you know, they need those guys. You need more of those guys, but you need those guys at Florida State right now to help turn this thing around uh, with Mike Norvell. And you got to embrace that stuff. You got to be ready to handle that stuff. And I think I love it if I'm a Florida State fan. I mean, obviously, you love Marvin Wilson because he's so good if you're a Florida State fan. But I, no, I kind of love all the stuff outside of the football field on Marvin Wilson more than anything else. Listen, I, I can't trust this enough from Marvin Wilson just being the bridge, though, because I was in that situation as well. We, we were going through a coaching change my senior year. Our head coach got fired. We knew the writing was on the wall, and next year is going to be completely different. Well, it was my senior year, right? So, I, I mean, and granted, I wasn't going to transfer. I was going to opt out, anything like that. But I wanted to make sure that when I left Murray State, it was better than when I came into it. Like, I wanted to make sure that when I passed the reins on to the juniors and the sophomores, that it was going to be in good hands. You know, so I, I wanted to see it through because – we weren't going to win a conference championship, okay? We weren't going to win a national title. So, like, my whole thing was I have love for Murray State. I have pride for Murray State. And I want these guys to understand that. And I want to see this through. So one day when I come back to the, on campus, it's better than when I got there, okay? And that's, thankfully, what I was able to do. And I think that's kind of the same thing right now with Wilson. Well, let's be honest. I mean, we're optimistic maybe about Florida State. We're not talking national championships. We're not talking ACC championships, all right? We're, we're talking about Norvell coming in, trying to turn things around from a couple seasons that were a disappointment, to say the least. And I think Wilson's took it upon himself that he just wants to see this through. And that says a lot about, number one, his character, but number two, what Florida State means to him. Because I'll be honest with you, man. Not everybody can do what Wilson does, okay? And you can't fake it. You can't fake it till you make it. That's genuine. So I have a lot of respect for Marvin Wilson. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I do too. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Well, so we're a couple hours away from Tallahassee, and nobody's really embedded anymore with any of these teams. It it feels like we're all distant to a degree. Mm -hmm. But where this could have gone (laughs) a few months ago with, with Wilson and Norvell to now, and I think Wilson's a huge part of the reason why, I feel like there's so much buy-in on Norvell. Like a a buy-in that I just don't know. Maybe you felt that with Taggart when he first got hired, but quickly it kind of dissipated. It never really took off even more in terms of the buy-in. And as soon as they hit the field, I mean, heck, people were were bailing more than buying in. I think there's so much buy-in right now. I get the feeling from Norvell, and I'm telling you, once again, just a key on Wilson, I think it's a big reason why, because he could have taken that back and forth with Norvell a few months back mm-hmm. in a, an entirely different direction. Uh, he might have helped salvaged, salvage at least this part going into the 2020 season. See, listen, the thing, and granted, I didn't cover the Florida State Seminoles underneath a microscope a couple years ago when Willie Taggart came into town, but I remember being excited for the Florida State Seminoles because of the offense, like of because of the intrigue, you know, like he's bringing the Gulf Coast offense to Florida State. So to me, the buy-in came more from that, even came more from the recruiting because we figured the recruiting was always going to be there. But now we're going to have an explosive, um, you know, high-powered Florida State offense to showcase all those skill positions. Like that, to me, is where the buy-in came in, even more than maybe the culture building, even more than the coaching resume. The buy-in came in for me, at least, was the Gulf Coast offense. Now. We saw how that paid off. I think Mike Norvell coming in, the buy-in is a little more of a culture change. It's a little more of, listen, we're not going to have it like it was in the past. We're going forward. There's going to be some things that are different. Yes, I have an offensive-minded um, philosophy, and we're going to be high-powered. But Norvell kind of brings, I think, that more that culture kind of changing thing, which obviously Florida State desperately needs right now. 
Uh, real quick thought about uh, the SEC and the schedule that's supposed to come out uh, at 6 o'clock, right at the end of our show, really. Uh, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central uh, is the story out of uh, Hoover, Alabama, and the SEC. And they'll add these two d- non-division games mm-hmm. to the schedule because they're going conference only in the SEC. And, of course, there's still a little uh, – Heck, I think even the governor mentioned the Florida-Florida State game, still trying to think that would happen or could happen or should happen. Well, it ain't happening. I mean, they've already, Florida State scheduled Sanford. They're doing the 10-game conference schedule thing in the SEC, which I think can be fantastic, which all these conferences with these 10 conference games, I think is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just so much better from a, a casual football standpoint than playing the cupcakes. Uh, and, yes, you don't get some of the good games. I mean, you, obviously, in a normal year, we would have had Florida, Florida State, or we could have had Florida State, Virgi- West Virginia to lead off. could have been an intriguing game and a fun game. Yeah. Uh, we don't get those. But in the SEC, just talking about that real quick, when this announcement comes out, I mean, it can really shift the balance depending on who gets the luck of the draw and who ends up playing who. Uh, and I think the reasoning, if I go back to a week and a half ago, the reasoning for like Florida, for instance, why they might play Alabama and Texas A&M is they would have been kind of next in the rotation. And so people assumed that's the way they were going to go with these other two games. Well, I can tell you this. Nobody in get. I don't think I, I shouldn't say I can't tell you. I wouldn't think Florida fans and people in Gainesville want that to be the case. Because you've already got to deal with Georgia in the East, and, yeah. and you got the rest of the SEC. But throw Alabama in there, who's number three in the country, and I think Texas A&M in, the, in this first preseason poll was 13 in the country. Yeah, You talk about adding some depth to your schedule. Oof. Well, listen, anytime you play in the SEC, it is a murderer's row, right? And let's be honest, Brent, we know how coaches operate. Yeah, we, we, we want to challenge. We want to test ourselves. We want to compete. You mean to tell me right now Dan Mullen's like, Bring on Alabama. Bring on A&M, man. Well, let's go. Like, this is SEC football. Heck no, man. Are you kidding me? You want to play Alabama? And A&M, we'll see with Texas A&M. I think they're always overhyped to start the season, and then they always fool you. We'll see with A&M. But Alabama, for sure, like, listen, if you're meant to see them, you're going to see them. But the last thing, to me, you want to see if you're a Florida Gators fan is Alabama during the regular season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, 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 by the way, Texas A&M would be – on the heavier side of that schedule too. I mean, Maybe that's yeah. not. Uh, it's not it's like not you're getting Ole Miss. Game. No, you I know? get you. But. So, uh, although Ole Miss would be interesting now with. <laughs> yeah, they could be a couple with, years uh, away with Kiffin. Yeah, uh, I thought Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I mean, I went to the Egg Bowl last year. Yeah, Egg Bowl now for the next few years with Leach and and Kiffin. Well, let me ask you this real quick: Who has more success? Right, right off the bat, you think? Actually, no, that's not fair because I mean, that's not their guys are recruiting. In the next five years, are we going to be talking more about Mississippi State or more about Ole Miss? Mm-hmm. Good call. Good, good call. Uh, five years, first of all, is a long time. It is. Uh, to even make sure they still oh, have a still job. Gonna be, are they still going to be there? <laughs> That's where my first thought goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to give it to, uh, you know, I'm going to say Mississippi State. Okay. They've had more success anyway. It feels like they've been able to get better players overall. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to come out from underneath at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, you know, even though that was now a couple of years ago. My only hesitation here is 
first of all, Kiffin hasn't proven that he can get it done really at this at this uh, level enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, is, are you completely bought in on Kiffin? You know, Leach looks like he gets more than people expect out of his teams. But then you go back and you look at like the records and say it's not like it doesn't wow you. Yeah. You know, he gets a lot out of like his offense and usually a lot out of his Whoa. quarterbacks. And then he has his a year offense or two. being the, the, the key phrase. Yeah. Though, yeah. But he has a year or two where he really pops. Yeah. But I think overall you're like, eh, OK. You know, it's not it's just like he's such a fun character yeah. that you almost think he's better than he is. Sure. Uh, and he's pretty good. I just don't know if he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still going to go Mississippi State. Bring it <laughs> uh, I'm going Ole Miss, man. I think I think Ole Miss and I think Kiffin, man. I just think that in terms of recruiting, um, I think in terms of just overall game philosophy, and it's not a knock whatsoever and what Mississippi State's going to bring to the table. But if we look back at what Leach does, I mean, obviously it's very offensive-minded. And I think last year in the SEC, we saw more offensive-minded philosophies than we did defense. You know, usually it's tough defense, let's see, pound the rock, pro-style offenses. We saw a little more spread last year oh, yeah. than, than we were accustomed to. We're seeing more offense. Exactly. But I think that Kiffin can kind of off that right balance. I think he did a fantastic job at Florida Atlantic, obviously. Um, and he got some pretty big recruits over there. I think, you know, having that Ole Miss brand now. And I still think there's something cool to, to Ole Miss. So I think they get the better recruits. I think Ole Miss is on the map more than Mississippi State in five years. Sorry to uh, your neighbors out there, Brent, or whoever. I just uh, listen, you're the ones who got to deal with them. I mean, I, I just picked and I just ring the bell. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, what is what, what does Ole Miss have? Is there like a it's a shark thing, right? That's about it. Keep you play baby shark cruise? Ole Miss, yeah, but Ole Miss uh, allegedly has something better. And that is the Grove. Oh, the Grove. That's right. Hot toddies. Uh, yeah. Hot toddies all around. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, hands down, if I ask that question, where's the best place to go in the SEC? People say Ole Miss. Isn't that what Alyssa Lang said when we had her on? Can I ask that she question? Did. Yeah, the Grove. And, huh? and uh, but everybody says it. Do we have to go on location there one time to see what it's all about, Brent? I do. I don't think yeah. it's happened in 2020, but I think we do have to go. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, We're we, just by ourselves <laughs> out there. <laughs> We're just out there by ourselves. Yeah. We. I, it's it's a fa- that's always fascinating answer to me, and it also must say how good it is because they are not good. True. So the vibe and the atmosphere and all that stuff, it's not like going to Auburn, Alabama, or something yeah. like that. But Ole Miss gets people say it's awesome. Yeah, and they really aren't even that good of at football, mm-hmm. or haven't been really overall. And but I'm telling you, to a person, every time I ask that question, they say, hey, these places are great, these places are great, but you got to go to Ole Miss. Okay. Well, w- when we go, one preface all right? One thing I'm going to say before we go. When we go one day, I'm not wearing boat shoes, I'm not going to tuck in my shirt, and I'm not wearing a collared shirt. And and that's final. You I, will look different, probably. And you know what? And that's fine. Oxford. Hey, that's fine. Come to the Big Ten one time. See how we tailgate. Yeah. Sweatshirts, jeans, come as you are. We don't got to dress up <laughs> to drink and get drunk. What, what's the point of that? that? That's like a double negative. No, thank you. <laughs> double negative. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you're just jumping in on the uh, Kiffin or Leach in the SEC, who will be better? I say Leach. I say Kiffin. You're bought in on Kiffin. I mean, are we going to put this down in the, in the bet? I mean, That's that, a good idea. It's, it's kind I of a long-term you, bet. I think you, well, you said five years. We don't even know if our show will exist in five years. <laughs> Am I going to be but alive in five frankly, years? I didn't know if it would last 18 months, and here we are on month 20. All right, I'll put it down then. I'll put it in the archives. So, Two-toe wager coming up. Uh, but I, I'd say let's go three years. Three? Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah. Three years. Three years it is. 
That's fair enough, right? Yeah. I mean, if you don't start doing things in three years, well, then you're probably not going to make well, it to year five. I mean, we can go 10 years if you want, because by then my son will be a senior in high school, and you better believe I'm going to influence him to go to Ole Miss if I have to, <laughs> just to try to win a bet. Oh, you want to go to Wisconsin? You want to go play for Florida? Nah, son, Ole Miss, where we're going. Here's the other part of that, by the way. You can, uh, whoever wins that is like, might be just barely 500 in the SEC West. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, we're still going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got in Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and then Texas A&M that. ever starts coming along with Jimbo yeah. Fisher, then and, you got that. And here you and I are just sharing the the, the, the bottom levels. We got to bet on the bottom with, feeders, baby. With the Vanderbilts and the old misses and all those guys. Yeah, yeah we got to take a break. We come back. Uh, Barry Bonds home run record 13 years ago. Is it? The least celebrated milestone that you know of, of that kind of significance? Thoughts on Barry Bonds? We got some interesting comments on social media. We'll share those. Give you an update on PGA Championship. Tiger Woods about a half hour away from teeing it up out of TPC, Harding Park. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Why didn't I grow up and do this instead? 25 years they've been doing it. Pro Watercross, and it's coming to St. Augustine this weekend. It's here, the national championships. In fact, they've canceled next week's event, which I think would have been the final event. So this becomes the national championship for the Pro Watercross event at Milano Beach in St. Augustine this weekend. Uh, Get out there. Check it out tomorrow. And right now we're going to talk and learn a little bit more about it. Usually we can do our homework on some of these interviews. Yeah. Uh, this one, not so much. Like, I don't know a lot about it. I said that already. Yeah. So we're going to learn. We're all going to learn together. And uh, we're going to bring in Sean Ninesling right now. He's one of the competitors, and he does this for a living, uh, or at least part-time. What's up, Sean? How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Hey, great. Uh, thanks for jumping in. All right, when, pe- when you tell people you do this for a living, pro watercross, you explain it how. <laughs> I explain it how. It's just basically super modified jet skis, either stand-up sport, uh, runabout class. Um, I'm actually a vet rider. I haven't been ro- uh, raced in 14 years, so my, my kids are of age now, so I, this is actually their first race, so we're, getting, we're just getting back into the sport. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so what's the age that it, it usually runs? Uh, Ten. You can ride a stand-up, uh, and at the age of 12 or 13, 13, oh, it's 13, you can ride a sit-down. And then they have all sorts of different classes for different skill levels and engine sizes and so forth. I kind of kidded around earlier in the show. I was like, in my mind, I have that old uh, video game called Jet Moto. Any, <laughs> and, and does it anything like it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it is, actually. It's, it's, they have two different scenarios here. They've got a, a closed course and then a super course. Interesting. Which uh, is, is there a, a, can you tell us like kind of the difference? Uh, like what's the style? What's it look from a fan perspective? What would you be watching? Um, the closed course is basically uh, very similar to a motocross start where you're at a gate. It's uh, it held back by essentially a rubber band and it, they hold up a card and pop the rubber band. Everybody starts at the same time and it's just, there's a, I guess red and yellow or green buoys, and you navigate through uh, the closed course, which is typically one to two miles long. You can see it uh, easily from shore. It's a it's great spectator sport, especially if there's if there's big waves. Which with these storms rolling in, we are anticipating big waves. 
And then the super course is uh, just uh, essentially a big NASCAR type uh, course where it's super high speed up to probably 90 miles an hour, a couple chicanes in it, but it's usually anywhere from two to five mile long course. Sean, by my understanding, you know, there's a, a, a few classes here of jet ski. Obviously, I've been on a jet ski before. I've been on the one where you sit down. The ones that you stand up on seem way more intense, seem way more extreme, and it seems like you have to have, like, a lot, like, more lower body strength to try to get those things to operate and not fall off. Is that a correct statement right there? Absolutely, 100%. And that's actually very, very big part of the sport. Um, they're, uh, the stand-up is, is uh, probably as many stand-ups as sit-downs here. Interesting. Uh, so now when you say, do the competitors, are they hoping for big waves and kind of what these storms might be rolling in? Um, I know I do because that typically separates, I guess, the men from the boys when it's real rough. It's not all horsepower and boat. So um, I would say most of uh, the competitors that are, are, are serious about the sport would, would probably like more of the rough stuff. I always did. That was always my forte back when I raced pretty much full-time. Yeah, Sean Ninesling with us. Uh, he's a local uh, rider and, and pro watercross is coming up, but actually his kids will be entered in this event uh, coming up uh, this weekend in St. Augustine, Volano Beach. I think everything kind of gets going around 11 in the morning, so check it out. There uh, should be a lot of excitement, a little different. If you're looking for something different to do this weekend, uh, it certainly fits the category. How did you even fall into this? I mean, everybody uh, says, hey, let's go ride jet skis. That's kind of cool. Like, I get that part, but uh, how did you get into to this sport? Uh, I actually, believe it or not, started racing in 96, and I achieved a national championship in, or I'm sorry, a world championship in 02, and the expert class, and uh, had some kids, and the sport, you can't race, uh, the kids can't race until they're 10 years old, so we've been running motocross, and my youngest just turned 10, so I saw that the national tour stop was coming to St. Augustine, and we, we literally scrambled the last three days, bought three jet skis that were ready to race and literally took the kids out to the ocean riding the first time yesterday. <laughs> and so this will be their first time uh, racing in the ocean and first time racing, period, actually. <laughs> but awesome. uh, I, I just got into it because it was a pretty pretty big deal back then. And it's, it's uh, you know, kind of faded off for a little bit and it's getting real big again. That's very cool. So you see that? We can go pick it up. Yeah, real quick. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> so you said like in terms of motocross, you know, I mean, are there some some similarities between, you know, riding a dirt bike essentially and riding a jet ski that you can actually use to benefit yourself riding a jet ski? Yeah, I, I would think if you've got motocross background, you're you're going to have a little bit of advantage um, just because, yeah, it's, it's very similar with the, especially, especially on an offshore race where there's waves and it's, it's rough. Good stuff. Sean Ninesling, uh, thanks for jumping in, man. Have a good weekend with us. Hope the kids do well. Send us a picture or something, and we'll, uh, I'll put them on TV this weekend as well. But uh, hopefully we'll have some cameras down there at the Pro Watercross event. Uh, Volano Beach in St. Augustine gets going tomorrow. Uh, check it out around 11 in the morning. Really goes uh, through most of the afternoon. Have some fun down there. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you very much. You bet, uh, Sean Ninesling. Uh, pretty cool learning about that. And uh, check it out if you're looking for something. Everybody's always looking for something to do. Yeah. And especially these days. Without get a doubt, out of the house man. a little bit, but probably still in a, in a safe way. Watch that from the shoreline uh, in Volano, at Volano Beach, and uh, you should be uh, good to go. Uh, 
That's wild that he went out and bought a couple of jet skis and said, hey, go hey, on the ocean and try this, Let's kids. try this, yeah. I mean, can you guys swim? <laughs> okay, good, let's go. Like, I mean, that's crazy, man. That's uh, insane. Uh, my, I don't make it a family affair. I can tell that his kids are probably pretty adventurous, though. So, oh, dude, I mean, you ran, you ran, mo- listen, motocross, man, it's not for everybody, bro. Not sure if you've been on a dirt bike before, but once you start hitting those rollers and everything, man, it can be intense. I've been on a dirt bike, you know, back in the day, like when I was like, gosh, I must have been six, seven, eight years old. Yeah. Uh, why would my parents have let me on a dirt bike at six? It was just a little guy. Yeah, you know, yeah but, for sure. We weren't doing anything like racing, racing. Trail bike? It was, like it was a little more trail, trail bike. bike. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a trail bike too growing up. Fun. Oh, who you telling, man? Stop riding. I had, a, I had a Honda 70 CR, man. That was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I never got into it more of that. But I actually had some kids. I, went, I remember going to school with, there was one kid, and he was like a nationally, when we were in, I want to say eighth grade. Okay. He was a nationally ranked guy. I don't know where he went. Sure. On with it, if he ended up it's continuing probably, to do it's probably like Jeremy McGrath or somebody huge, like you don't even know. <laughs> I forgot his yeah, name. Yeah, you don't even know, but it's like the best guy ever, you know? Okay, cool. You yeah. know how many people say that in Iowa about John Bachman? What's that? It'd be like, Remember that guy? He's like seventh grade. Look at him now. He's, oh he's anchor at Action News Jax, CBS 47, Fox 30. He's made it big. Absolutely. And he's on ESPN 690 right now. See yeah. that? Yes, sir. That, that's when you know you've made it. When you're on with Brent and Austin, baby, in the afternoon. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Not only Good that, stuff. but you just backed up pro watercross talk. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> I was going to chime in and say I never had a bike or a, a ski do or whatever, but I did. We had snowmobiles where I grew oh, up in yeah. Minnesota. So, John, were, yeah. were you an Articat guy, Polaris? Well, what are you rocking here for snowmobiles? Polaris mostly. Although I, although I never owned one anyway, because okay. my parents didn't get get into that sort of thing. But all my buddies seemed to have Polaris. I think we ran a couple of Articats every now and again. Okay, okay. But but Polaris was the was the. I think that's kind of the big. I could be wrong, but I think Polaris. One of those is, is built either in Wisconsin or, or Minnesota, isn't it? I could be making that up. Um, possibly. Yeah, I think it might be Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, some yeah. Sense. So, yeah. whichever one was built in Minnesota, I'm sure we rolled with more often than the others. Well, makes more sense. jet skiing down here than snowmobiling. That is for sure. No doubt. And uh, no when you, doubt. you can't do that, it's golfing. And uh, a yes. couple of weeks back, we had you on for the play day, and uh, yes. I had to reach deep into the pockets to help out the first tee of uh, North Florida. Uh, not you on did. the first day of golf, but on the second one, we we lit up the scoreboard a little better. Um, give us the results, man. You guys shared well, results today. How did it go? We we did. We did a live broadcast on the Action News Jack's Facebook page at two o'clock. It was a, it was a riot. We did it. we did great stuff. First of all, a couple things. Number one, Brent, thank you very much. You did, in fact, you helped promote it, but you also did give very generously. And I got to tell you, all those donations paid off. You won two sleeves of Pro V1 golf balls that we then generously, on your behalf, donated back to the kitties so somebody else won. <laughs> You're going to lose them anyways, Brent. You're going to lose them anyways. going to last about six holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I can't remember who won them uh, after you, but somebody won them and will enjoy them thoroughly. So uh, well done on that. Um, you, you did not win the round of golf with Len Matisse and a buddy. That went to a woman named Lisa Brown, and um, uh, she was actually watching the live Facebook broadcast and was was very excited. Uh, she chimed in um, on, online, and it was it was really cool. So it was a lot of fun. So she and a friend will get to come out and play the stadium course with Len Matisse, and I'm going to be there to make everybody feel good about their golf games, and and it'll be a lot of fun, and and hopefully we can use this event to promote doing it again next year. Yeah, that's that awesome. was a lot of fun. 
Uh, yeah, I think it was great. Uh, it worked out really well. And, you know, as as always with things like this, you, it's just got to catch on. And the more people yes. know about it the next year and the more money you can That's make. Right. So uh, good, good right. money made for the first tee in North Florida uh, and a fun round with Len Matisse. Uh, I just have to win a lesson with Len. You know what? I got to tell you, um, being Len's friend is a very nice, there's a nice perk to that. And that is every now and again, he'll pull me aside and say, you know, you really need some help, Bachman, and then he'll, and he'll, he'll attempt to fix me. But I told him just today, as a matter of fact, that the only way to truly fix me is to cut open my head and do brain surgery, and I don't think he's going to do that. I can attest to that. He's right. You're right. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to leave because I know you got to go, and I probably have to go, and you don't want to talk to me any longer. But i got to tell you, uh, the Dream 18 is coming up, so you might as well plug that while we're talking golf and well, fundraising for great causes. Because, I'll do it. Uh, we just promoted that today. God, oh, appreciate that. Thanks for doing that. And uh, we will uh, see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Enjoy the PGA Championship all weekend long, man. I, I have been enjoying it. The, yesterday on my dinner hour, I was watching it. it it's fantastic, isn't it? Primetime golf. It's the best. It is really good. I, I, we need more of it. Um, have a yeah, good one, man. Good job on that uh, to you and Len and, and uh, for everybody at the First Tee of North Florida. Yeah, I mentioned, I forgot, Did I, me- I might have buried the lead. We raised ten grand. Did I say that already? I don't know if I knew that or you said it, but I like the title. I, I don't no, remember. You know, you did. I don't think you mentioned that. No. I'm glad That's you did. Horrible of me. The whole point I wanted to make was to give a shout-out to everybody helping us out. We raised $10,000, which I thought was pretty remarkable. That's awesome. For really no, you know, no preparation. We kind of did it on a whim and 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 people showed up so a huge thanks to everybody who played and donated to the first tee of north florida ten thousand dollars now i'm leaving thank that's, you guys hey, good job you. man that's uh that's good stuff you know it's hard to raise money right now during the pandemic for a lot of charities they found a new way to do it with first tee of north florida uh we're going to try to do it as well we probably know the dollars will be down a little bit but we still want to put on the action sports shack stream 18 want you to be a part of it it'll be a limited field because of covid19 still pretty good number of golfers but it just back off the number uh, a smidge you can go register at action sports stream 18.com we'll help out our charities uh, another fine organization for youth golf in the area north florida junior golf foundation and also uh, st michael's soldiers celebrating their 10th year anniversary uh, as they help local military families and um we hope you can be a part of it at action sports jacks dream 18.com if you have a business uh, even a $100 donation for a T sign. You can jump on and do that. Uh, we'll promote your business. And if you want to play, it's uh, $400 for a foursome. Really not that much to get into a charity tournament. And you get a lot in return. We're doing like a beach theme. We're going to go bucket hat. We're going to go beach shirt. And we are going, like uh, oh, also like a like one of those string bag things for the tea gift. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I ain't talking about like the in thing. Camp, like, we used to call them camp bags. You okay. got like basketball camps or football camps. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're doing those. Cool, man. I mean, that alone's reason. To, plus, it's like free food and free drink. Enough I mean, said. I'll go to the golf. I'll see you there. Yeah, I'm not going to golf, but I'll see you there. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll help, you know, spread the word. I'll see you there for that free food. ActionsForShackStream18.com is the place to go. Update on the murder hornets. One was like caught or something. No, yeah, Jack's paws. It was caught. They found one. Wait, wait, it this was this on the run. This isn't is, is cops. What no, are you talking this is about? Thing. Well, look, this is what <laughs> Jack's boss. Yeah. He sends this as we're talk after we're talking about it. My man, Jack's boss. He said they found one in Washington State last week. Okay. And they have two months to find the murder hornet's nest in order to save the bees. So the clock is ticking. Hey. See. 
Jack Bauer. This isn't like a Jack Bauer episode where you have an ultimatum and you have 48 hours. Sounds to me like the bees have their own pandemic going on. No one's talking about it, Brent. I'm not saying that like in three years I want a documentary on this, but I want like a seven-episode documentary on finding the murder hornet nest. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Jack Spot said to me. He said, thinking of putting a GPS mini camera and infrared camera to help finding a nest. It's that serious, apparently. I could, thought he was joking at first, but no, like, they're trying to do that. Like, they're going to that length to get the murder hornet. And we're, we're worried about football right now. And we're worried about professional sports starting back up. When we got this going on, could the stakes be any? I, I told you, I gave the TED Talk, if you lose your honeybees, you're going to lose the world supply of food. Lose the world supply of food, we're all screwed. So start caring about murder hornets. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> going to have a bad time. I can't stress this enough. I feel like I'm preaching. You know, I feel like I'm just like that crazy guy in the streets that's preaching. But take it seriously, man. I'm telling you. I feel like we need the CIA on the murder hornet. (laughs) For sure. If that will help. Five o'clock hour coming up to finish off the week. I'll get to the Barry Bonds topic. What do you think about Barry Bonds? Back to some football. Minshew versus past number one picks. How how do his numbers size up? Yep. We're going to talk about it when we come back on ESPN 690. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.